Hi listeners, Luke here. Just wanted to give you a quick update. Unfortunately, uh, I, due to internet troubles on my end, we lost the last five minutes uh, of this particular interview with Keith. Um, but I want to encourage you still to listen to the entire thing because there is a ton of useful insights. Uh, I've also shared a, a few resources and uh, we've discussed a lot of important techniques and just general um, just general useful stuff that you'll you'll enjoy if you're learning Chinese, which I assume you are. Um, so I'm sure we'll catch the full interview next time we we get the chance to chat to Keith um, down the line. But for now, enjoy the podcast. So why don't you um, start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, introducing yourself, how you found us as well. That's always interesting to know. Uh, all right, I'll start off from about two years ago in New York. I, I've been working for quite some time as a, uh, as a test prep instructor, uh, students trying to get into whatever programs, top programs, even in graduate school. So we're talking GMAT and GRE. I had quite an intensive immersion experience in bringing my own scores up to as close to perfection as possible for that industry. Uh, there's a game like quality, you know, some people get really addicted to video games. And I think when you approach learning right, and you can tap into that same kind of same kind of properties. Well, so I'd also been working on a master's in math education, as it so happens, and I got a job for COVID struck at an international boarding school just north of New York. But that was very interesting. We had students from well over 70 countries there. And we even had a uh, not yet speaking English uh, cohort of students. And it was very difficult. You know, I'm teaching math. I have students everywhere from eighth grade to seniors. They know everywhere from pre-algebra to calculus. They speak seven or eight languages in a class. It's, it's virtually impossible. <laughs> I kind of struggled to keep them all engaged. Uh, but we transferred uh, midway through the semester. The students all had to leave to their respective countries. And we, we managed the rest of the semester online. So I picked up a lot of sort of, uh, you know, uh, push out droves of small content uh, online, sorts of skills. And then I moved back to my hometown of Wichita, Kansas, and trying to see what I could do to, to mm, start setting up some real uh, internet only, passive income only types of ideas. And throughout all of this, I've been in a relationship uh, and she, CJ, speaks, she's from Taiwan, native Taiwanese speaker, and she's used to the traditional characters, but my attempts to try to learn the language, to learn Mandarin, were they were just bouncing off of, of all, all the materials I was finding and it was half-hearted. I sort of, you know, became half-hearted about it. Uh, I kept trying to spark my own interest in it, kept trying a new bargain book or, you know, a different app. Uh, I found on Zoom a teacher, you know, who was just, just, getting, just getting started, and I tried scheduling a few classes with her. It was ridiculously cheap. And it was, it was then I realized just how, how poor my ability to, to speak in cadence was, you know, with, a, with an entire sentence. And she didn't have much of a method or an approach. And this is something you comment on in your system when you say, you know, tell your tutors what it is that you're wanting to work on, you know, help them help you kind of an attitude there. Yeah. And so I, I started trying to, to, to really answer the question, just how could I even go about 
helping a tutor to help me. I don't know. I really don't know where to start. So I went through a few classes with her, just trying to see if I could grasp anything from attempting the cadence of the somewhat randomly chosen sentences she had in the set. And it was at that time I stumbled into Mandarin Blueprint. And uh, as I was trying to spark myself into things, as I felt particularly mm, aware of the difficulties I was having and starting to understand a little bit more why, uh, I happened to find the Mandarin Blueprint very engaging. We had a 30 day trial at the time and I started blowing through the pronunciation. I started seeing the overall logic and coherence. I started getting results fast, you know, and that's great that you provide that, <laughs> you know, here's some now to satisfy you. There's more down the road, but you won't even care about promises, promises if you're not getting some right now. Right, right. Uh, and I got some, you know, I, I, I subscribed to the whole uh, enchilada well before the time limit ran out. I knew that I'd be able to continue with this through and through. And I think like you mentioned it yourself, aside from bits and pieces uh, uh, of other languages, this is the first second language I'm, I'm ever truly learning. Uh, become, you know, aiming to become fluent in aside from English. Mm. So there you have it. Those are the main things that kind of brought me to Mandarin Blueprint. And then there's the nine weeks since. So where would you like to go next? Wow. Um, wow. I mean, I guess, so your, your main reason, just so if I can sum that up, your main reason for learning Chinese is essentially for your, for your other half. Is that, is that the main reason, would you say? The main reason is for the other half. Uh, Initially, it was, and, and I'd say still is emotionally. Mm. I visited Taiwan for a couple of weeks, and I, you know, I, the whole family lives in the same, the entire floor of the apartment complex, you know, where, where they're at. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I would love to be able to go back and actually interact with them in more than an awkward smile and nod kind of way. They've got no English at all, or just a little bit here? None and there. whatsoever. None whatsoever. Her father, the father, the oldest of the whole bunch, mm. he he once said to me on a uh, on a video chat. First thing he ever said to me was, "Welcome to Taiwan," and that was the only thing he's ever said to me. Really. <laughs> but it, at some point in his life, he had, he had been a bit a bit more fluent, but had, had mm. since pretty much lost it all. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking for someone with experience in this area, uh, having a Chinese wife and. Uh, Chinese family that do not speak a lick of English. Mm. Um, it makes a huge difference. Obviously, I mean, you know that anyway, but to actually uh, maybe the, the breadth and depth of the difference it does make is not quite something that you can describe. Um, <clears throat> it makes people from strangers that or, smile awkwardly to people that you have a, um, that basically respect you and admire you and uh, you have a deeper connection with. And that deepens your connection with your other half as well. And it's just, uh, it's something so worthwhile. So that's great as a main reason. And like, as you sort of hinted at there, Keith, like you, you develop other reasons as you start to um, mm -hmm. get good, get better and start to consume the language and realize that it's actually possible, right? Um, Very much so. I've taken a strong interest in the uh, calligraphy and things related to it, uh, all things in that sort of small that sort of compact 
sophisticated visual world. And I've never really been a visual person before, but I've enjoyed writing, as you can see from the lengthy posts that I leave on your website. Yeah. And doing it in this different way, you know, I can definitely start to sense how my mind is, is really literally getting rewired in some ways. Mm. And so taking a look, not just at the breadth of the Chinese writing system and also the traditional system, but, you know, uh, sort of logo and design in general and all the various twists and artistry having to do, uh, you know, for everything from uh, emojis, you know, to uh, chemical formulas and structures and whatnot in the Chinese writing. It's just opened up a brand, a huge world of fascination for, for my noodle. You know, just really, really lights up, lights up my mind. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, I'd just like to note as well for people listening that uh, in the latest podcast that still hasn't come out, mm. I do address uh, one of Keith's latest comments, and I believe that's 147, episode 147 mm. that's coming out soon. That's right. Um, and I believe the first one was uh 144 145 i can't quite remember anyway it's somewhere in there if you want to listen to keith's uh, comments there's a few of them now and uh why don't you obviously we don't have you know we can go into as much detail as you like but uh what can you give us like a the gist of your journey so far with us like how long have you been with us and sort of maybe sum up some of your your comments that you've been sending uh, what have you been doing with the knowledge that you've gained with us Certainly, certainly. Uh, for to sum it up, I, I'm like playing a game of pinball, and at least there are borders to the pinball machine. I'm searching, you know, with my mind. I, I have a natural sort of drive, but I, I do get kind of tired of one thing or another at times, and I have to choose between discipline, uh, you know, uh, and and continuing to practice something and uh, enjoyment, which is a vital ingredient for you know, your own sense of positive feedback and, and the learning um, process. It's been nine weeks and as, as I've gone through with this program, it's, I've been, I think, more immersed and longer uh, and in more ways than at any time uh, during my college experiences or even during my, my graduate level test prep you know, immersion experiences. And that has helped to sharpen and clarify and broaden and bring a lot of things you know, to my, my attention when it comes to a learning process in general. Uh, now, so far as Mandarin Blueprint is concerned specifically, um, I'm, I'm learning the characters. I'm taking a stronger attention to the writing because I enjoy it. It's hard for me to say whether or not it's dramatically improved anything. I'd say, you know, anyone who's been uh, doing it full time for two months is probably, by whatever means they, they approach it, going to be more or less at the same level of overall comprehension but writing has helped me to to make connections and to enjoy the experience in ways that people who don't write aren't going to experience uh picking up the vocabulary has been fascinating uh, taking the hsk tests and to clarify i hadn't taken any official ones there's no convenient station nearby but there are full length you know uh official archived official versions and so uh, I have no problem gauging my progress by those. And I've just passed the HSK-3, just shy of nine weeks. Uh, I didn't feel like I had total comprehension or mastery, but you know, I was, I was able to use some test-taking tactics in addition to sparing bits of comprehension as I listened to the 
reading section, but the uh, as I worked on the listening section, I mean, but the reading and writing sections were, were just fine. I felt like I had control of you know what was going on. Uh, this latest week, I decided, well, okay, I've run close to 600 characters in two months, and a lot of that was just working on mastering the Hans system. It's very interesting, and I, I understood the principle there. It's like it's not always going to take me two months to learn 600 characters, and wow, you know, that's blazing fast compared to a lot of programs. Well, one thing that you need to point out as well, we need for the listeners is sure. just learning to 600 characters because that learn, you know, there's a lot of different levels to that. It's sure Keith has not just learned how to recognize 600 characters, he's learned how to write them and pronounce mm -hmm. them accurately as well, which is yes. an even bigger achievement. Absolutely. You know, and the, the writing, when I look through the Anki deck, uh, I get a little bit pickier. At first, I'm like, I don't want to see these multiple times. I've got so many cards coming through. I just want to blow through them you know, and get them to the next day where I can choose, okay, do I want to see this card again or not? At that point in time, I start gauging myself, is, is the entire written form of the character appearing in my mind? If I had to write it down right now, would I, would I get it to correct? And what I've noticed with the, with the writing practice is either the entire character will just sort of melt into place in my mind's eye, every stroke, everything, every, every component or radical, or not. I might know the character, I might know the pronunciation and the meaning, but if the entire written form doesn't also appear there, I'll at least mark it as a hard. Mm. But even marking it as a hard, it's still usable. Uh, I'm trying to link, I've written recently, I'm trying, I'm even trying to link together some of the stories where you have the same phony working in place. Uh, I wrote a comment, I think, around level. 49, at the end of level 49, I'm, I'm comparing the words for cyan, qing, with the words for, uh, oh, what, what is it? Uh, I think it's for light, qing, xiong. Light and is the opposite of heavy, is that right? Light is in the opposite of heavy. Yeah, qing. Yes, and, mm. and I, I even made a mistake initially learning that word, thinking it was visual light, and then I had to go back and correct it, but correcting the Hansa or changing it takes a few seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, at first, the Queen of England, who I have for, for a QI actress, you know, she's outside. Uh, she's, she's wanting to know what color the moon is. You've got this strange character over, over a moon character. So anyways, I... I don't, I don't want to belabor the whole process, but I have her interacting with various other components of the story. You know, she's uh, the, the character for, uh, please, uh, sorry, the character for light, yes, is Xing is, is first tone. For please, that's right, is third tone, Xiong. And at first I had Xiong mistaken for a first tone, Xing. So I had the Queen of England outside with three different stories going on about mm -hmm. you know the color of the moon and uh wanting some visual light so she could get the candy out of a dispenser that was attached to right whatever my story was <laughs> and you know, i'm trying to find trying to ask someone please for help you know because she was doing a lot of work trying to get that candy mm -hmm. and then later on she didn't she didn't need visual light from the moon which became 
seeing clear. Uh, oh no, sorry. Uh, clear. Yeah, that's that's also first tone. Seeing right. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was an eyedropper next to it. So we got an eyedropper over the moon. It clears up the cyan color. Now it's brighter, and she can see. But oh, we didn't need light. Light after all, we needed it to be more lightweight. We had mm. to move the Queen of England inside, yeah. uh, or have her at least look inside that house from mm. from outside. And anyways, connecting the stories all together is making it. The the bottom line here is it's making things more accessible. When I'm studying a character now, or I'm looking on Anki, not only am I testing, am I seeing, do I know this character, you know, strongly, but also it's much easier for my mind to then to then take a quick look at characters similar to it with a similar sound yeah. or a similar structure just random practice you might say of things that are at least loosely associated with my brain and and i think that well, i'm going to keep going with that idea of kind of blending scenes together to make even larger sort of overall mega scenes yeah well one of a couple of our members have referred to this process and uh one i believe it's will rayleigh who's a big commenter on the site um mm -hmm. refers to he met center missions refers to them as tv series essentially so you have like they're all interconnected the episode one episode oh. two you know um and i used to love that i used to love it when my my when i was learning using the method like when my characters would join together um mm -hmm. and it is nice Excellent. yeah it's nice to have uh one thing that's nice about this memory palace technique is that you forget a part of the story or you you mess it up you make a mistake not the end of the world you just go in there and you make a small tweak and it's all it's all right it's right so um i'm glad you're enjoying that uh, aspect of it when you you joined say not was it nine weeks ago you started with us yes how many hours a day on average would you say you've been doing uh i would i would say easily three plus hours relative to you know your notion that uh, maybe you only have about three hours of optimal learning time anyways. Easily three hours yeah. a day. So mm -hmm. that's that's averaged with the days where there's been a few days where maybe I've only spent one hour, mm -hmm. but even averaged with those few days. Yeah, easily surpassing the three-hour mark. Uh, definitely getting into the, the gamers kind of, you know, and, and uh, you know, like I'm a rat, you know, uh, pushing myself to exhaustion kind of mindset. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, nine weeks, roughly three hours a day on average. Uh, and when you started with us, um, what level did you would you say you had? Less less than HSK one. HSK one was was still garbled. I knew uh, I had to peck and scratch for individual words. My pronunciation was okay when I when I did know a word. Mm. Um, but really, I was, you know, just grasping at straws. Uh, and more or less totally unable to, to enter into any kind of engagement with either reading, listening, speaking, name it. So, uh, and that was, I would say, maybe just two hour, uh, two after two years of bouncing off of things from time to time, you know, trying to, trying to spark a real effort for a week and then just kind of falling flat. Um, so yeah, after two years, not even at HSK1, just, just really failing to discipline myself to any other week. And then uh, now past HSK3 in two months. What was it that kept causing you to give up on these things? Just the boredom, just, was it com too complicated? Nothing, nothing staying in your brain? Was it, what was it? Nothing staying in the brain. It just, it just seemed, 
just seemed random. Mm -hmm. Random introductions to words. Uh, yeah. Basically, you know, just keep doing it. Keep. And I knew that, yeah, that kind of that kind of approach would work, but uh, it just from a test prep point of view, it felt wrong, <laughs> very wrong. Not not enough juice for the squeeze. You know, I know that I know that Mandarin is a notoriously difficult language. Maybe quite, you know, super controversially superseded, perhaps only by Japanese or Cantonese, depending on how you look at it. But you know, it just seemed that okay. I don't care how hard it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm learning it. I'm going about doing it wrong. It's like a personal vendetta, but like a positive kind of one. <laughs> so I'm going to defeat this language. Yes. Well, yeah. We'll just get into the groove. Yeah. I yeah. got. I got. I, I got. I'm not in the groove. I know when I'm in the groove. You know, I'm, I'm not in it. And so I just kept. Uh, I just kind of kept waffling around, uh, doing other things that I was uh, gaining a sense of, you know, uh, result from in life, and trying to trying to pursue the Mandarin. But then, you know, but finally, you know, you just keep sparking at it. You know, you find mm -hmm. the groove. I think. And uh, you're able to go through, you know, go to the full steam. So where where do you think you're going to? Do you think it? Let's see. Um, what, what's your goals with Chinese now? Now that you think you've found a method that works, you're you're smashing your way through the course at a ridiculous pace. Um, where do you see yourself thinking? Like, okay, I'm really happy with my level now. Maybe I'll move on to another language, or I'll slow down and, and move on to something else. Like, what where, what do you want to be with Chinese? I think that's, that's actually a very difficult question for me to answer. You know, my mind is moving uh, in a lot of directions with a, an indefinite exposure to Chinese. It's difficult for me to think of an end, and especially when it comes to things like uh, calligraphy and love of graphics, when it comes to uh, possibly engaging in, in some kind of test prep venue. Uh, China loves test prep, and they just do it you know, batch processing, you know, <laughs> just huge classrooms, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but, you know, when, when I, when I think about that, it's, it's difficult for me to say, what well, when am I going to arrive at a level where I've, I've accomplished that and then what, mm. uh, well, then I would just be doing what I'm doing now, just, you know, trying to live a good life and, and enjoy myself, but I'm trying to integrate all of this into that good life as, as it is. Uh, so, I mean, maybe I've inadvertently answered your question a bit, kind of along me, the way. Me, maybe I've phrased it badly. Let me rephrase it. So, like, uh, what what are your what would you like to be able to do in the language, and what would you use it for? You mentioned test prep. Maybe you want to use it for work. Is it? Do you want to be able to read novels in Chinese? Uh, do you? Are you more interested in consuming the language or interacting with certain people? Okay. This sort of thing. Uh, all, all of the above, you know, there's, you know, my girlfriend's family in Taiwan and then, you know, uh, be able to travel around in China and, and Taiwan and be able to, to speak the language, to be able to read when I was nine, I read English translation of uh, Mencius. And, you know, I thought, well, this is a remarkable philosopher and the only philosopher to date who ever really extensively talks about his mom. <laughs> and her influence on his life. Now that's kind of that's different. Uh, 
you know, it's an interesting kind of mind to read. Being able to read that and a few other similar works, you know, in, in the original Chinese, you know, go to a Confucian temple and actually read the preserved, you know, characters on the walls, uh, those sorts of things. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that maybe the second half of my entire life, you know, is, might just be, okay, let me, you know, here, here's this language, you know, and I feel like I'm a very, uh, mental or cerebral kind of person and i think uh i don't i don't really see an end to the ways in which i can immerse myself in this it's it's very old <laughs> it's it's very layered uh yeah. it's always going to be rewarding in some in, in some way i'll keep finding new things and then of course you know with developing some kind of i think online aspect of business you know that idea of uh you know, having fun with the, the calligraphy, related things, with logo graphics and print on demand, possibly finding a way to, you know, make a very entertaining YouTube video or, you know, who knows, coursework for even related aspects of, uh, of Mandarin, like, you know, it might have to do with the test prep. Right? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of things I'd like to do with it. I don't really see an after, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of situations living in the now just enjoying enjoying the actual process and that's the key i think yes yeah. exactly yeah get to the point where I'm, I'm able to enjoy continuing to uh to ingest things that's that's probably a good thing i like to get to the point where i can enjoy the conversation and enjoy the book and, and enjoy the etc yeah mm -hmm. So in terms of the actual course itself, is there any just general comments you had, any specific parts about the course that you had that have had a, a big impact on you that you haven't already mentioned? Anything at all there? Mm, you know, there are so many, I think part of the, the genius, when I say genius, I mean perpetual motion. You guys, I think, have really continued to come out with big bit and little bit all over the place. Big bit, so little it, bit. Can you explain that? Well, bit? big bucket, little bucket. I mean, you have big, brilliant ideas like the OCLO, the character learning order, right. optimal. That's a that's a big bit. Uh, a big bit is the Hanza movie myth. That's huge. But then, you know, uh, little bits, like I mentioned earlier, you know, oh, maybe only three hours of, op you know, of, of optimal learning time. I'm like, okay, that has nothing to do with Mandarin specifically. But that's 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 a little bit that kind of helps me to to gauge myself a bit more realistically or the emails that you guys send out i think maybe starting around level phase three or phase four those are super helpful you know i i i kind of crave learning a bit more grammar and the way that you presented it i think is very timely and at the end of, of a level and i see the sort of grammar expose that you have in the email it's very digestible uh Maybe that's a medium bit, you know, being able to time this, you know, this, this, this infusion of grammar, just the right stage. It's like I can almost feel you guys knowing with absolute certainty that at this level, I'd be able to understand that sentence that you put down pretty easily. It's, that's, you know, it's wonderful. Uh, timing things, you know, the way you're sequencing things, it, you know, I can't point to a a specific instance rather than to say there's hundreds thousands of instances where you are timing things very very well uh you know i could write a book glorifying the mandarin <laughs> blueprint it would be easy to go back and research and say and this is why and this is why here's another here's another example why you know there's a 
Sherlock Holmes, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle said through the voice of Sherlock Holmes, it says there are three basic principles to becoming a good detective. Um, one of them is developing a keen habit of observation. Uh, you got to actually notice the physical things around you and your environment. Uh, you guys are helping with that by presenting the words uh, in order where it's easy to notice these similarities from one character to the next. Oh, they have these, these two characters have a similar meaning or a similar components in them or a similar pronunciation. Okay, you're making it easier for us to actually observe the characters. Uh, and then you're giving us these sentences and these uh, passages and whatnot, you know, more and more things to physically notice. The second thing Sherlock Holmes says is then you've got to be able to make logical deductions about the things that you're noticing. Uh, and you guys make it explicit uh, in countless ways how the language is very logical. Uh, you know, one of your emails says, oh, uh, oh, look at a book. That's read a book. Okay, that's logical. There's so many things like that. You're helping us to make logical inferences. It's not always going to be a personal sense of logic, but I can see the Chinese sense of logic. The third thing uh, Sherlock Holmes says is that, and then you should study thousands upon thousands of criminal case files so that anything that you look at in the future starts to resemble something you already know. And yes, of course, you're doing that too. You know, close to 6,000 sentences boot, you know, I mean, already almost 5,000 words, over 1,500 characters, just at present, you know, through your intermediate level, you're giving us those thousands and thousands of case files. You know, when I finish your intermediate course, that's just enough to just, just get the vocab into my head. I still have oodles of things to go back through, you know, you've got 147 podcasts now, and I've listened to, I think, 10. You know, a lot of podcasts, a lot of little nuggets in those podcasts. Never know when I'm going to hear one that I think is a nugget to me. Mm, a lot of little comments maybe uh, made by, you know, some of the other students. Haven't even taken a look at the, the forum. I, I do wonder if there was a way to host maybe learners practicing with learners. You know, I don't know how smart that would be. But at this stage, trying to have a few piecemeal bits of dialogue with my girlfriend, I am starting to feel, wow, okay, now it's definitely starting to become a very appropriate time for me to practice with another speaker. Uh, and even if it was practicing with someone else who's also at a, at a still at, at a pretty fluent level, I think I know enough, I'd be able to recognize what they're trying to say on the course material and, and vice versa. We'd at least have that nervous practice I, I don't know uh, but i maybe is that a, is that a topic that you guys have seen opened up on your forum oh, yeah. yeah 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 uh a few people um definitely at least two people just off the top of my head i can i remember i've actually brought that up and i think uh yeah al roy and uh christine anderson two people that have showed a big interest in that who knows uh you know our community is growing all the time maybe people are already starting to do this so it's a good idea to maybe um uh send out a message in the forum say hi and uh and who knows well, worst thing that can happen is uh you just get a like from me and no one replies there you go <laughs> um but uh, okay i just might try that then it's supposed to be easy enough to set up like a zoom yeah with a forum okay 
it's, it's worth a try, I'd say. And uh, in re reference to what you said, you mentioned about wanting to learn to speak. You did say you, you had some issues with a tutor and not knowing what to do. Did you have you seen our output pack yet? Um, Perhaps yeah, I mean, not. I made a video, but I think it was about an hour long, maybe forty-five minutes long, about how to use a tutor and go. And it comes with like downloadable PDFs on activities that you can do, writing and speaking. Have you, have you not come across that? It doesn't seem familiar. No. Uh, where should I look for it? Uh, I'll send it to you by email, um, and I'll Thank make you. it. I'll actually make it publicly available on the download section of our website uh, by the time this comes out as well. So if you go to the resources section of our website, anyone listening to this should be able to download it there. I've been, I've made it, we do that a lot, Phil and I, we just sort of make stuff. Oh, people like this and then we forget to promote it. Or <laughs> it's just there uh, somewhere hidden in the site. So I'll make that more uh, available. I probably have seen it and, and probably just diverted my attention to some, some other of the yeah of the stuff. well that's that's why it's good just to try and stay uh check the forum every now and then because that's where i post the personal stuff just for like oh i've just made this for you guys here you go uh mm -hmm. phil or i will post something there um but yes i will make that uh i'll send that to you make sure you get hold of that um and it's about time you're now what where, where are you what level are you finished the foundation course you're in the you're in the intermediate course now aren't you I'm in the intermediate course and I just, I've been writing out just, I decided not to write the, the compound words, just the characters, the new characters in the intermediate course so I could get the, the Anki started right away. And I realized that, I, you know, I can use Anki just to learn the characters straight off and make yeah. a new movie every time I see a character. But for me, I realized it seems to be a little bit more efficient if I at least write the character and make a few novel connections that way and mm. then get the Anki going. So I'm at level 40, <laughs> 942 no 42 writing down the characters uh day two <laughs> so that's a lot of there's a lot of characters but uh, you know i want to get them in and, and rolling the character as soon as possible so i can spend as much of the second two months as possible trying to find ways to, to push myself from the fluency no the literacy stage to some kind of fluency and and let me ask you here mm. you know I, I feel like i could skip the intermediate course and if i was just thoroughly masterful of that 80 percent you know through to phase five i feel like okay if i just did nothing but practice with that i could do quite a lot with this you know being able to speak construct sentences you know find a way to express what i'm trying to express and in test prep you know sometimes you have a session or three and cramming in a lot of new information it sort of mm -hmm. scrambles the brain you have to consolidate mm -hmm. afterwards so even though i'm learning a lot more new words i feel like it's making what i already know a bit less accessible for a short period of time right right because I'm, my brain is struggling between oh should should i be clever and use one of these new words that i haven't mastered yet or should i go back to one of these mm -hmm. that are more familiar mm -hmm. uh so, uh, you know, I'm wondering at some point, I, I, I do need to, to slow down and not learn any new characters. It's convenient for me that you don't have your advanced course out yet so that I can stop and just work with everything from intermediate and consolidate that and really try to, to master that, make it accessible to, to, my, to my speaking. But let me ask you different ways to prod and push myself towards 
towards uh, fluency both in listening and in speaking. I'd rather be fluent in listening first. I call it the Star Wars effect. You know, you're listening to alien creatures speaking all their different languages. If you're in Star Wars, everyone just understands what everyone else is saying, no matter what alien language that they're speaking. That would be great with me mm -hmm. if I could go and just navigate with, you know, just I know exactly what you're saying and they can tell that I know exactly what they're saying. I just can't speak it. Either way, do you have recommendations for pushing my listening and my uh, speaking skills? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, from what, you know, from our experience over these years, um, the best way to improve your listening, and this is going to be annoying, <laughs> best way to improve your, listen, your listening is to listen uh, to stuff that you understand every single day as much as you can. Um, okay. Conveniently, not, not, you know, things that, not in a way that will affect your life negatively or uh, get you in arguments with your missus. Um, I've been there. <laughs> trying to like have like earphones on all day like listening to Chinese it doesn't work um but as much as you can uh put Chinese in your ear it doesn't have to be active listening but the more active you listen the faster your results will be but then, it, then you have to weigh that up with you know the time that you have the energy that you have because you can't just be actively listening and maybe even shadowing like repeating it out loud as you listen you know, that's, that, you have to weigh that up and that's up to you uh, and you'll figure that out. Um, but basically you find, we have, uh, we've just added a bunch of listening content. You'll find it at, they're basically all of the sentences within that level, you'll find at the end of the level, just in a big audio file all around. I don't, I don't I, Phil put them all together, but they're like- I've seen those, yes. Right, right. So a good idea for those, the reason why we had those is just, just put them on shuffle and just have them you don't have to put them in any order if you don't want to just shuffle just have them coming into your ears every now and then okay yeah that does sound like it's like that's something i can do yeah and uh, another key thing is don't turn it off turn it down again providing you won't disturb anyone um just try not to turn it off because then you forget you've turned it off and you just go about your day but if you turn it down it's always there but it's not bothering you or anyone else but it's still you notice it and so when you're not you're not busy anymore you turn it back up uh, that's, a, that's a tip we got from Katsumoto of uh, alljapaneseallthetime.com. You'll find a ton of stuff there if, you want, if you're looking for immersion motivation or anything else about language learning. You should head to that site and read. Just read Katsumoto. Katsumoto. Uh, or just ajat.com, A-J-A-T-T.com, all Japanese, all the time. Um, just, just read every article on that site. It's, uh, he's just a fantastic writer and... Uh, it's not really doing much these days, as far as I, I'm, I'm aware, but that's, you'll get tons more ideas from him. But generally, yeah, like uh, that, if you do that, and it's a slow subconscious process, that's the, that's the frustrating thing about listening and reading, the consumption side of things is that you, you're making progress every single time you read a word or a sentence and you understand that you're making progress every time, but it's not that kind of textbook tick the box progress. It's uh, right. It's just going on somewhere, and eventually, it's gonna. Your brain's gonna spit out that that grammar point or spit out that word perfectly, and you wouldn't even you know. Whoa! How did I do that? Just um, so just, but, just keep tapping my mind in the direction I wanted to go. Just 
Yeah. Just keep tapping. Okay. And make sure it's understandable, like like the, to the same degree that we design the course. So at least eighty percent, preferably ninety eight percent, is the sweet spot. But you want to, you want to be if you focus hard on it, you want to be able to understand the message of most of what's being said. That, that's that's your say. That's your your limit. And if I can start doing that right away. Yeah. 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 And if our content's not enough, um, all the sentences that we provide, I recommend. Uh, podcast programs like graded podcasts such as those on pop-up chinese or chinese pod uh i believe this, there's also chinese class 101 i think that's also another one that's very popular just and of course there's all these articles the graded readers that come with audio so chairman's bow sure. decipher there's just tons of it well just, i mean i've absolutely taken a look at a great deal of the sort of links that you guys have provided and i'll, I'll tell you that, that what i'm trying to do is is to stay away from being distracted if i see the words in front of me i don't feel like i'm practicing listening skills mm. if i listen to your onky sentences and i just close my eyes and cue up the next sentence and listen totally different experience than if i have a chance to see the words first i was one of my, you asked about my goals, you know, I want to be able to watch Chinese cartoons. Mm. Uh, and I think that that may be, you know, you could rank that as, as an even more difficult thing to do than to listen to uh, Chinese news. I mean, I'm looking at the subtitles of, there's a cartoon called The Boonie Bears. And I started, I started just frame by frame taking a look at the subtitles and I realized, oh my gosh, I do know better than 80% of this, almost 100%. The only thing I'm really not knowing Mm -hmm. are are the, the the proper nouns the names of the characters sure. fortunately they're they're repeated a lot the characters are almost always beginning all their sentences with the, the name of whoever they might be addressing or referring to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. aside from those proper nouns you know i i'm i'm reading that and i understand in many cases a hundred percent of what's going on but the instant i turn off those subtitles i can't i can't make out a thing what yeah. these characters are saying, even even if I replay that same five second segment, you know, five times in a row, and I know what sounds and words to listen for, even then it's difficult with the way that, you know, cartoon characters, you know, they're so emotional, mm -hmm. their voices are so unusual, the the, the speed and, and, and slurring, you know, is, is so, um, so much greater. Yeah. And I realized, but kids can understand this easily. Yeah, yeah. And they don't. I can read better than the kids who can understand this well. What am I, you know, how do I get in? How do I get into that group? Well, and, and maybe, so I'm just yeah. gonna, And the I'm only way it's like stepping stones, stories. stepping stones, yeah, you know, uh, you don't want to just jump in and start just listening to that cartoon all day. I wouldn't recommend that. Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, start, just build your way up as much as you can. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, so speaking and listening are kind of very closely related because you don't, you don't get any chance to wait. You don't get, you'd have to just take it at the speed that it's done. And with speaking, it's the same thing. You, you have to just speak. You can't just sit there going in the middle of a sentence, wait a minute, you look up a word. It, it, it's not, it doesn't work that way. You kind, even if you're with a paid tutor that's being really nice and polite, you still can't make them wait 10 minutes to say a sentence. You just go do it, right? Same with listening. It just comes at you the speed that it comes at you. And that's it. That's what's difficult about these two things. But it's also a very simple, straightforward process to, in fact, listening is probably the most straightforward. You just listen and it's just to make sure you basically understand it. With speaking, same sort of deal, really. Just uh, start speaking more and follow those activities that we did that, I, that I, I'll send to you. 
um, to make it interesting and, and uh, also to help steer the lessons the way you want them to go and based on the content that you want. And it's going to be tough, just like reading was tough. Remember the first time you read a sentence in Chinese? Um, it was very slow, right? And very slow. And like, even if you understood every single word, every single character very well, it's still just like, whoa, it's kind of a, it hurts your brain, like trying to read all of it. It's, it's a growth process and any sort of growth involves pain. <laughs> so, uh, nice to quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, but it's not, you know, it's also very, very satisfying afterwards. So, um, so yeah, that's it really. This, this, that's all the advice I have on that. I think just uh, speak more, listen more to stuff you understand. Well, then one one little fine point then on practicing to speak. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, infants go through a gibberish phase. You know, mm. and this is before the that part of the brain myelinates. I know Phil likes to talk about myelination, but different regions of the brain. Uh, you, kids speak gibberish before that part myelinates. After it myelinates, like globally, that section of the brain. They speak with a lot less effort. The brain takes a lot less effort. I'm, I'm in a gibberish phase right now, and I, I gibber all kinds of fragments of sentences. I listen to people, and I say, how would I say that little bit, you know, in Chinese? But, and, and I can do a simple, you know, SVO, subject, verb, object, translation, without much difficulty. I'm trying to learn what I call the, the algebra of of some of the, the grammar structures mm -hmm. uh, in the Mandarin because it, it you know it's sometimes it's a bit unexpected but it does it does usually fit pretty nicely but I still feel kind of woefully unprepared even if I were to sit down with all the time in the world to write a sentence out that I wouldn't know the grammar to manage it and uh, I, I am kind of curious about that um, and maybe it's just because I haven't been paying enough attention to like some of the end of level emails or maybe taking a look at you have a lot of phase three and four uh, grammar points. But when it comes to constructing longer sentences uh, or reading longer sentences, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I feel like I'm still at a bit of a loss. It's not a time thing like it, like it is with 90% of everything else, but more like a, no, I'm completely at a loss. I really don't know, even in an ideal world, how the grammar for a longer sentence should be. I know Phil says, okay, that's the kind of stuff you want to come about intuitively. On the other hand, you know, when you guys write out your grammar bits, sorry, I don't want to, I hope bit is an okay way for me to call instance, you know, uh, grammar lessons. Mm, yeah, cool. They're very timely and they're very easy to digest where you, where you, where you put them. Uh, and I think Phil has made the comment, you know, like you want to notice these as kind of a, not something to memorize, but kind of something that sort of makes sense of, or maybe gives you a moment of clarification, like, oh, aha, yeah, I kind of already felt that or knew that, and this is just kind of validating that, or it's something I can notice looking forward, you know, uh, catch as catch can, but not really anything to emphasize. Uh, why, why am I with these longer sentences, is that something that's just like, let's say, par for the course? Yeah. You can expect that you will grasp the grammar of these longer sentences with, with some more sentence and passage practice kind yeah. of a thing. Just be patient. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, uh, I don't have any sort of, it's not like a hack for this, unfortunately, as far as I'm aware, personally. It's 
saying a sentence or understanding a sentence that's longer with more grammar that's more complex is generally harder and it's to even to understand it is harder to produce it's even harder especially if you haven't had much speaking practice um and you know it's there's not really much else i can say other than keep keep inputting keep <laughs> outputting i'm really I'm, I'm sorry i really wish i did have like a special trick uh, you know but it's uh, crazy I know I see it put but, out. But I will oh, say, I will know, say this. Chinese grammar is simple, but there's over 500 points of grammar. I will say this, Keith. Net. I will say this, though. You've been doing this for nine weeks. <laughs> okay. Right. So, and the, the thing, a very common thing that happens with uh, members on our course, like such as yourself, that just smash their way through. Mm -hmm. And you do that because you have a part of you that's just very a go getter. You know, it's like, okay, I'm just going to smash my way through this. And you do. But you forget, often one of the things that um, I, I remind you not to forget is just to give yourself a pat on the back and appreciate how far you've come in such a small amount of time uh, and do not be hard on yourself. That's that's one of the things. And I'd say just, it's, trust me, I'm one of these people. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're feeling. Uh, but what you consider to be impossible right now in two, three, six months will be easy uh, in a lot of ways. You know, not everything, but a lot of things in a surprising degree <laughs> so uh hanging there it's strange have to have faith, faith in you but have i definitely faith, yeah. have faith, i definitely have faith in your system just by all, all comparisons that pat on the back i will give it to myself you you know in my opinion you've made it into something that that can have a game-like quality for me yeah, and i value that uh very much uh part of me just like a, a gamer you know I don't do speed runs of games, but other, other gamers, you know, they have record, you know, global record boards for who was able to play this level of Mario Kart the fastest mm -hmm. videos put out about how they're shaving off. And so I imagine that there's, there's gotta be some part of you guys that says, yeah, how would you even go about doing a speed run of learning Mandarin? How, you know, cause you can only get to do it once <laughs> for, for right. one thing, you can't replay the same level over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you create a speed run for learning <laughs> learning Mandarin? So that's that's the part of my brain that's kicking in and making me frustrated and realizing that maybe you know like well I'll figure it out sooner or later you know in the months to come staying mm -hmm. staying on course. But well, the way we'll figure um, that out is by people like you trying out new things. You know, because we made the thing, but we learn how to improve it mostly from hearing feedback and hearing experience and. People always are always inventing new ways to improve how to use the material and how to make their mm -hmm. way through it. And uh, so we learn a lot from that. And I, I bet there's a ton of people that have done a, a bunch of cool things, a bunch of speed run type shaving off time improvements that we don't know about because they just don't talk that much on, you know. And, and so I encourage yourself and anyone else that's listening to to share those little things. And you're the ones that we need for that area you know to to improve things even further so so yeah just stay the course and uh keep trying to keep experimenting and follow your gut i think is a big thing as well as you get you get more of an understanding of the language and language learning you develop kind of an instinct and you should follow that instinct uh depending on you know uh, for oh I'll, I'll try this new thing luke and phil told me to do this but i feel that i prefer, i think this this way might be even better so just try it out why not might improve on things you never know you know it's like i can't compare it to your method would have worked out better 
because if I do it my way, then I wouldn't know what it would have been like if I'd done it your way. But I'm not too afraid. You know, there are a lot of cases where I can see that, oh, okay, I get it now. That's why, that's why we're doing it this way. 